Hi, I'm Bob Mould, and you're listening to WMNF, Tampa 88.5 FM. The opinions presented on The Healthy Steps Show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Good morning to you. Yes, you, my dear listener, and welcome to the dance at the Healthy Steps Radio Show here on WMNF Tampa, the only station that Charlie Gordon and Algernon stream, and you can stream us all hours of the night and day at WMNF.org. There is nothing that I enjoy more than AMA Monday, the Ask Me Anything component of the Healthy Steps Show. And, saints be praised, today is Ask Me Anything Monday. So, like me, I'm certain that you too are all aglow in that excitation. You just have to give us a call and share your medical questions or concerns. Punch those ten little buttons. 813-239-9663. It's worth the call just to say hello to Irene, the talisman of WMNF. She's in the control room answering the phone calls today. Or you, the shy ones, can also send an email to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813-433-0885. Good morning to you, Dr. Harvey. AMA Monday is always a great day. Unlike any other day in the week, I am positively giddy about the possibilities of this show when your listeners fully participate by calling and emailing. So let's find out what's waiting for us. Let's crank up this show. What have you got for us today, Dr. Fred? Good morning and happy Monday, Bill. Thanks for that great intro as usual. Uh, I love your eloquence. Just Uh, having a little fun in the morning. Always. Uh, fun is uh, really a good thing. And fun is uh, actually today is a fun day. Today is a full moon day and uh, it's in Gemini. And when, when you're playing a full moon in Gemini, it's about fun. It's about communication. It's about uh, uh, just really enjoyable interactions. And so let's make this an enjoyable show today. Absolutely. So, uh yeah, the uh, we're coming into the holiday season. It's already already kicked off, and um, uh, I think it deserves uh, talking about something that many of us tend to overuse. Uh, some of these things that uh, contribute to that fun time, and what I'm talking about is alcohol. You know, it's. Uh, it's pleasant, a pleasant feeling for most people. And uh, yeah, you know, we we have a really um, strange relationship with this poison of preference for many. Um, we, we get really bent out of shape about fentanyl and all these other drugs. Um, but, you know, alcohol is a psychoactive addictive drug. It's linked to over 50 fatal conditions, including heart disease, breast disease, uh, breast cancer, pancreatic, stomach cancer, liver disease, liver cancer, high blood pressure, stroke, atrial fibrillation. It contributes to the death of 140,000 people in the United States alone annually, making it one of the leading causes of preventable death. And in recent times, the evidence is, is just really stacking up. 
mean, one ounce of alcohol a day increases your risk of colon and breast cancer. Less than 15 drinks a week for men or eight drinks a week for women can contribute to an increased risk for heart disease as well. And <clears throat> medical recommendations are, are beginning to show up, but the dose is the poison. And those who are at greatest risk are the ones who really consistently binge drink. And that means having more than a couple of drinks a couple of times a week and drinking to inebriation. Um, that is binge drinking. And the American Psychiatric Association has labeled this behavior as alcohol use disorder. Um, alcohol use disorder is really the least treated of all the addictive disorders. We spend more time um, dealing with sugar addiction, actually, and it's not even a psychoactive drug, but we spend a lot of time talking about that, but we really don't address alcohol. And in fact, one of the problems is um, opioids. I mean, they're, they're, we're, we're, we're trying to kill. In fact, we've controlled opioids in, in, to, to some extent in this country by controlling access to prescriptive medications. But because it's so profitable, there are, um, you know, drug factories um, um, all over the place, China, South America, and, and they create fentanyl. It's easy. It's cheap. And, and so these opioids keep coming in in other ways. And the, the issue, though, is um, we've controlled the prescriptive drugs. We've controlled nicotine. I mean, it, it's like I think we're down to 10 percent of people who smoke now. And that's really a good good thing but the availability of alcohol access it's just growing and it's no wonder because lobbyists pay to get their products out there and when you have an industry that generates 250 billion like hear that 250 billion a quarter trillion dollars in revenue it's really amazing um they, they have a lot of money to throw around and um Hard spirits has surpassed beer in total sales. The amount of <clears throat> advertising that's going on for um, hard liquor is amazing. <clears throat> and the amount of use is really growing. And it's a complete, you know, it's, it's rather a, a blind spot when it comes to drug policy. Um, uh, partially because, you know, it's just something people do. You know, wine is like food. You know, you serve it with your meal. But... Hopefully that's going to change because researchers keep diving into ways to getting people off of it. Um, and, and though many are, are um, simple, um, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous is a really good support group that helps people stay away from alcohol. And it is effective. It really does help to do cognitive therapy. Um, but, you know, in a, in a nation where we have drive-through daiquiris um, uh, in some states, I think there's only one that does that, but um, <clears throat> we really have an issue. And, and trying to diagnose the mental disorder, the emotional disorder, or the physiologic disorder that drives self-medication with excess alcohol and um, uh, binge drinking uh, is, is really important uh, because... It can be 
um, uh, driven by an, an allergy to it. It can be driven by the uh, uh, um, preference for people to have the high feeling you get from histamine release followed by adrenaline release. That just feeds forward into wanting more of it. But some questions to ask yourself if you really have an alcohol use disorder is, um, have you had in the last 12 months uh, times when you ended up drinking more or longer than intended? Um, more than once wanted to cut down or stop drinking but, or tried to but didn't. Spend a lot of time drinking or being sick or getting over the after effects. Want to drink so badly you couldn't think of anything else. Continue to drink even though it was causing trouble for family and friends. Um, giving up or cut back on activities that were important or interesting just so you can have a drink. These are really important questions to ask. And it may help you ask, the, you know, prepare for a holiday season where the liquor just flows in addition to the food and the fun. But liquor is a real big problem. And um, I think that uh, it's something that we need to discuss as a society and we need to um, stop treating it as though it's, you know, just that thing we do, that food, because it kills and it disrupts, it destroys lives. And... Um, I think it steals from the joy of the holiday season when we get stuck in a rut like that. I just want to remind everybody, we are on WMNF yes. 88.5. You're listening to the Healthy Steps radio show, and you can participate by calling 813-239-9663 or send your emails to dj at wmnf.org. And we've got Gary, but I want to just throw on out a uh, Ernest Hemingway quote that I like. <clears throat> That's, I drink to make other people more interesting. <laughs> Love Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> Here's Gary. Good morning, Gary. Welcome back. Well, hi. How are you guys? How are you doing? Hey, Gary. I'm, um, you know what? It was weird. Since um, we're talking about alcohol, my question isn't about alcohol. But I want to say, isn't it weird how uh, you have to be 21 to buy a beer and you can fight a war at 18? Yes, that is weird. Um, and I, it, I, I think wars shouldn't be fought, so any age is bad, but it doesn't make sense. You can die for your country, but you can't have a drink to celebrate the win or the loss. Um, it's, it's really weird. But, I mean, we really shouldn't necessarily be having a drink to celebrate necessarily because it is a poison. I think if we reframe and use some um, uh, cognitive work and, and really try to understand what, what this is about, yeah, you might feel good, but is it really a celebration to have that drink? I'm not, I'm not really certain. It, it, it could be um, if used sparingly and rarely, but it is a poison. We know this. And, and so it is uh, interesting that uh, we we actually look at it that way. My question was though is like, um, how do you uh, whiten teeth? How can your teeth be whiter? What can you use? How do you whiten teeth? Well, there are lots of natural products out there. Uh, numerous. Um, uh, uh, you know, dentifrices uh, and other uh, things that 
can help to change the color of your teeth. One way to actually prevent it is to actually drink less red wine and, and, and black coffee. These things actually stain your teeth. Um, and so is smoking another thing that stains the teeth. And so if you avoid the things that would stain it, uh, or, or reduce the amounts, um, you'll have, uh, less, less staining. And so you won't need to whiten as much, but, um, I would, uh, uh, I tend to not terribly get concerned about that. I don't want to put peroxide and chlorine and other things in my mouth just so my teeth are a little bit more white. Um, the dentist can help you out. A good cleaning can really help. Uh, they also use products like chlorine and peroxide uh, to uh, bleach the teeth. Is it necessary? There's the question. Do you really need your teeth bleached? Like is there over-the-counter toothpaste? you can use yeah the over-the-counter toothpaste have peroxides and chlorine you know triclosan and other things that disrupt your microbiome and are toxic uh, oxidants um, probably you don't really necessarily want to do that uh, but um, there are other uh, you know gentle abrasives carbon uh, uh, I mean uh, um, um, it carbonates, um, uh, like baking soda has an, a slight abrasive effect on your teeth, salt. Um, you really, I tend to avoid oxidizing my teeth. It just doesn't fit with my whole philosophy of getting the most antioxidants you can to protect yourself against disease. Well, thank you again. You're so welcome, Gary. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Always good to have Gary chime on in with us he's always yes. got um a good contribution and we do have sharon from tampa on the line and i'm going to get to her but i don't want her to be out there lonely so i'm going to give a uh, shout out that y'all are listening to the healthy steps radio show on wmnf tampa and you are invited to participate by calling 813-239-9663 irene is here to help you through the loop and you can continue to send the emails to dj at wmnf.org. Good morning, Sharon. Good morning. Hi. Hi, how are you? I have a question. Uh, it's in regards to my daughter. Uh, she has um, this thing that she keeps losing iron. She's had several iron infusions. She's had a colonoscopy. She has, she's had an endoscopic. But she keeps losing iron, and they really can't tell her the reason for her losing iron. They're saying that uh, her digestive system, she's not, uh, it, it, it's slow to digest her food, so she's having problems with constipation. And I just wanted to know what could be the root cause of all that, because they're not coming up with anything. Well, um, iron deficiency um can be caused by uh, a bunch of different things. So the question is, um, <clears throat> uh, th there are many, many causes. You can lose blood. Obviously, she's not doing that because they've checked her bowels, and so she's not leaking from there. Women have periods. Women often lose a lot of blood during the period, so they lose iron. And so a good question would be, is your daughter still having periods? Yes, she is, but they're not heavy, so they're not as heavy to to say that that is the root cause of it. Right. Uh, so apparently she's not absorbing. 
uh, for some reason. And chronic gastritis can cause that problem. It sounds like she has some gastrointestinal difficulty with some slow movement there. Slow movement can be due to a neurologic problem. It can be due to um, an injury, uh, like from a virus Um uh, 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 SARS-CoV-2, uh, the cause of or the trigger for the COVID immune reaction actually damages the gut and it can cause changes that would reduce serotonin. Serotonin makes your gut work faster. And so that could be actually a cause for constipation. Small intestinal bacterial overgrowth can do it too. Um, so um, does your daughter use proton pump inhibitors like uh, Prilosec or any other acid-reducing agents? No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. Okay, that's good, because acid is very important for the absorption of iron as well, so it's actually suggested you take your iron with vitamin C to get a better absorption. Okay, well, they've given her something for nausea, because whenever she gets those infusions, she becomes short of breath, and her heart tightens up, so... She's having to take Benadryl and some other things just to take the infusion. And I'm not sure if she's, you know, just allergic to iron or what's going on with her iron count that it keeps going down. Okay, she's not allergic to iron. Iron is intrinsic as a mineral in blood, so you don't get allergic to minerals. And she um, feels terrible with the infusions because nearly everyone feels terrible with the infusions. They're really pretty nasty um, as far as creating adverse symptoms. Um, and so it's better to get it by mouth. And so there are some really good absorbable irons that aren't used much by Western medicine. Iron glycinate is one. Um, and it's usually a very small dose because it's so well absorbed. But uh, I think that anybody who's having this kind of problem that's at the level of requiring iron infusions deserves a functional medicine evaluation to figure out why it's happening so that it can actually be changed if possible. Okay, the only thing that, you know, the conclusion that we've come to, she's had her tubes clipped. And one of the clips are just floating around. Okay. she was concerned that maybe that would be the reason that she's having all these stomach issues and the iron loss, but there's no no clear case of it because she's been to the GYN and they've suggested that there's not, but if it's a foreign object in her body, does she have it removed because it's, it's not serving any purpose? So the clip is um, the size of an eyelash hair. And to damage the body by going in and searching for something so irrelevant would be highly uh, abusive to her systems that are already feeling po- poorly. She has a problem in her gut, and that needs to be addressed. This clip has really probably nothing to do with how she feels because they're tiny and, and non-reactive. So okay. I would suggest she find a functional medicine doctor and get an evaluation. Okay, okay. Then perhaps I mean, because she's going to the doctor, she's having these infusions. Um, mm-hmm. she, she's been to an oncologist. She's done everything, and they still can't get to the root cause of it. Well, she hasn't done everything because she's not had an evaluation by a functional medicine doctor to look what is wrong with the function in her gut. They've they've looked at okay. scoping and seen that the anatomy does something, and they've told her that the gut is sort of slow. But who's done a functional analysis of her stool? Who's done a gastric emptying study? I mean, there's a lot of things that can be done to find out what's going on in the gut causing this. Okay, okay, okay. Because they they just 
you know, had her to change her diet, don't eat any fiber, don't eat any anything with beans, don't eat things of that sort, but they're not finding the root cause of what's going on. And, that's and none of those dietary changes have probably helped at all because they haven't actually addressed the reason. Right, right. So she just needs to go see a functional doctor to find out the root cause of her problem. Yes, I think that would be smart. Okay. Okay, well, that's what I have to suggest to her. Um, generally, they're not covered by medical, but your health is more worth than what is covered. Yes, and you might find somebody who is covered, but um, um, that is harder because um, insurance pays for illness and functional medicine works on wellness. Okay. All right. Best, All right. best of luck with that. All Happy right. holidays. Same to you. Bye-bye. I have Drew waiting patiently in the wings, so I'm going to take this opportunity to tell folks you are listening to the Healthy Steps radio show here on WMNF Tampa, and you are encouraged to participate by calling 813-239-9663. Let's put Irene to work. It's a little bit too quiet for my liking. You can also send an email to dj at wmnf.org. Good morning to you, Drew. How are you today? Good morning. Hey, Drew. My, hi. Um, my first comment was about um, alcoholism and the holidays and um, how I think that the best thing I've found for, and I suggest to people, is, you know, don't try and stop something, but replace it with something and I found that making our growing kabucha and keeping the mother and always having something there that I want instead and uh, is much more powerful you know and you know having that for the last years to always um, drink instead and you know, is is the most powerful alternative because it is true in this country I think of um, one of my friends who doesn't go to A. I've tried to get him to go to A. I've tried to go get him to go to a bunch of things, but it, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's a cyclical pattern to um, uh, how do I say, when when the problem looks like the solution um, and you know, you get uh, people who we don't treat, you know, functional alcoholism in this country. You know, right. it's, uh, if you can work, keep a house, keep a car, and, and you know, and everything is going fine and you're alive, <laughs> you know, but you're alive, <laughs> you know, there's, um, but, you know, you don't have to go to AA, you don't have to deal with it. And um, that, you know, as a good friend, I, I'm like, I can, I can see it so clearly from the outside, but when you, you know, what do you recommend for helping those people who aren't wanting to solve those problems, who, you know, will end up with a heart attack or liver failure or something in the long run, you know? It's yeah. Really? I think that's brilliant, Drew. Substituting is, is something that really uh, can help, um, in a sense, sublimating that, that, um, 
addiction. Um, it's it's funny though. Um, there, there, some of my clients who've been to AA have have and have been there for a while have, have joked that yes, we've substituted um, the the alcohol for cigarettes and coffee. But um, the I think a lot less people are doing the cigarettes part, but. Coffee, what the heck? It's, it's something people actually do. And it actually has been shown if you do three or four cups a day, you actually reduce your risk of Alzheimer's. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we need to have more tools available. And uh, kombucha is an interesting one that you, you mentioned that one because in a sense, it can really actually um, um, be potentially a trigger for people who have alcohol issues because it is a fermented product. It probably has... It's like NA beer. It's like 0.5% alcohol possibly at, the, at its maximum. And so you get some alcohol in there and some of the byproducts of, of yeast, which trigger histamine, which trigger what I see as one of the things that drags people back into the alcohol use syndrome. I've noticed that. I mean, I, I, I'm totally aware that it's fermented and that there's a little bit of alcohol there, especially if you're good, if you're gotten good at over a few years and you um bottle it actually you save some old wine, bo wine bottles you know and mm -hmm. you just bottle it after you know a year or two that it's a little bit higher than 0.5 but <laughs> it's still yeah well yeah if you let it sit that long and do more fermenting yes but most of the time you're just drinking and it's just kombucha and it's point nil and it's it's really and it's a probiotic and it's Yes, a lot of good I agree. But there are histamine by there's histamine and other byproducts in there that do trigger um, the reaction that I see that uh, many people who do have alcoholism actually exhibit and they get flushed and they get high and they get um, um, lifted because the adrenaline that is triggered by the histamine goes really high and it really gives them a, a secondary high. That's interesting because. I have observed, you know, as I host friends who come over, you know, whatever, and they, you know, I give them kombucha. Occasionally, one of them, or, you know, some one of many will, um, you know, exhibit that kind of, you know, really strong reaction to it. Like, yes. that I don't get personally. You know, I don't. Good. <laughs> And doesn't treat me like that. And I'm like, wow. You yeah. you probably metabolize histamine well. Some people don't. I have a pretty good metabolism. My my stomach is rock solid, and and I can eat anything. And I can I have my metabolism. I've I've lived all over the world, so I believe that from eating all over the world, <laughs> my metabolism got more biome or something. Was my yes. <laughs> Yeah. Also, you probably have some good genes that do um, help because some people don't have the gene for the, the enzyme called diamine oxidase. Diamine oxidase uh, breaks down histamine in your gut. So if you drink a histamine beverage like kombucha, you could have a histamine reaction right away. Hmm. Interesting. Um... But this is great input, and I agree with you. A substitute's good. Um, my... Um, one of my uh, good friends actually substituted just sparkling water, uh, flavored sparkling water, which has worked for years, like 32 years for him. If that works for him, I'm not knocking it, but it didn't, yeah. knock, but it didn't work for me. For me, right. I needed that. I needed kabucha. I needed that slight fermentation. I needed that bite, practically, I would call it, you know, because otherwise I wouldn't be interested. I wouldn't keep going back to it. <laughs> 
I'd go, I'd wander back to a, a glass of wine or something, you know, it's not. Yeah. I wonder if that's why kombucha has been so popular because it does have the slight amount of alcohol in it that does give people that edge that they were looking for with alcohol. Yeah. But you'll never, ever get buzzed on it. <laughs> right. Right. Possible. Well, thank you, Drew. Have a great holiday season and keep making your kombucha. Yeah. I will. Thanks. Enjoy the show always. I am. Take care. Thank you. Stop by the tip jar. (laughs) And let's go to Patrick in Valrico. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning, doctor. Uh, Hi there. This is a a wonderful thing you're doing this morning on alcoholism. Uh, I can attest that uh, alcohol uh, uh, being a son, grandson, and possibly great grandson of alcoholics and uh, those three men actually ended their lives uh, through suicide because I firmly believe because of the alcoholism. Uh, mm, the sorry to hear that. It's, it's had on my uh, family, my uh, two sisters and brother. Has been, uh, you know, they, they could have also had a genetic uh, issue. Um, people who have a, a problem with COMT, a, a, a gene that works on methylation of your um, neurotransmitters called the catecholamines, the adrenaline and noradrenaline dopamine. Um, people that have a defect in that enzyme tend to have a uh, more rocky uh, emotional life and they actually are drawn to self-medicate with alcohol and it could be the underlying mood disorder that drew them to the alcohol in the first place. Well, fortunately in my case uh, with my uh, beautiful wife and uh, Faith, I finally got the uh, uh, help that I needed through counseling and medication uh, that the underlying cause was depression. Yes. It it was just insidious. You know, you're partying when you're a teenager with your friends, your buddies, you're having fun, and then, yeah, because of college, gets married. You know, in a way, you find yourself alone. And part of my issue was uh, having not had a father. He died when I was five. Oh, my. Sorry. Guys were my brothers. I mean, that that was, they were a very uh, important part of my family. And then they went away. And then, you know, just feeling alone. Uh, yes. I got married, started career, but I, I struggled uh, through my 20s, 30s, part of my 40s, and then finally uh, a light hit me. That I needed to get help. And uh, so I highly recommend that, especially in my case and my family's case, the underlying cause was depression. Yeah, and that actually could be caused by that COMT gene abnormality. I I believe so. Once I dealt with that, I was able to successfully deal with the alcoholism. And uh, unfortunately, my older brother and uh, sister did not. They, uh, you know, somewhat older than me. And being of Irish descent, which I guess like any descent, they refused to admit that that was the problem. And uh, so they suffered longer than I did. But I had to change friends. Uh, activities. I mean, I can no longer go for the weekly poker game, uh, hang out with the guys who like to drink from work. And I, I couldn't because, well, I didn't have the strength yet. 
but thank you very much for covering this today. It's, it's, you know, and you're very welcome. You know, another point about that is um, socializing with the guys having drinks is not necessarily the best way to socialize. Uh, maybe it's better to actually <laughs> go and play some tennis or uh, go and play some disc golf or anything else you want to do other than drink with the guys after work because that's not the way to get rid of the day's stresses. Yeah, I joined a running club and uh, there you go. Uh, joined the Knights of Columbus and. Uh, you know, it, it, it's been uh, it's been salvation. So I, that's I great. That's it's so important to have that. Issue. It's so it's so great to have that that support system, a, a, a tribe that you can uh, get together with. Mm-hmm. Of like-minded and uh, individuals headed in the same direction. So again, absolutely. Thank you so much. God bless and Merry Christmas. God bless you too. Merry Christmas. Have a great New Year. Take care. Yes, we've gone quiet for a little bit here, so let me remind folks to, you are listening to the Healthy Steps radio show here on WMNF Tampa with Dr. Fred Harvey, and the topic today is Ask Me Anything, so the choice is yours. You are encouraged to participate by calling 813-239-9663 or to continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. And actually, I do have Stella on the line here. Good morning, Stella. Hi, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it, and I love your show. Glad to hear you. Great. So here's my question. Um, I'm approaching age 60 next year, and I have levoscoliosis, and it's getting more severe um, with uh, recent CT scans, MRIs with and without contrast. I've had um, uh, x-rays done and some other things because it seems as though I had a right hip replacement in 21 and I had a left ACL meniscus tear in a downhill skiing accident. So interior-wise, um, I feel like I'm 100, but exterior, I look like I'm 40. So the doctor said, I don't want to operate on you because, you know, you're still very strong, but yet, you know, the bones are pressing so severely with the levoscoliosis. There's no hope for basers. It's now rods, pins, 12-hour surgery, and a year recovery. So, mm. it, you know, to keep the inflammation down and the calcium levels, because I have osteoporosis, or osteopenia as well. Um, that was probably four years ago, osteopenia. Now I'm at the porosis state. And then I have, like, heterogeneous marrow um, signals present and all kinds of things, edema that's showing up on these CT scans that were just done uh, two months ago. He wanted me to go for a bone scan, a nuclear bone scan, to rule out a possible spot um, on the sacral. I don't know what that spot would be, but I'm just trying to figure out what functional doctor I can see to possibly be on a better calcium, magnesium, um, something to enrich my interior so that I can stave off surgery as long as possible. So did everything get worse after your hip surgery? No, actually, I could walk again. Um, the reason I had to have the hip surgery, it was bone on bone. Um, and but when was that? Walk. That was on my right hip. I had a total right hip replacement. When? Um, oh, in 21, uh, November 23rd, 21. And your scoli- scoliosis has improved since then? Uh, my... 
my skull, my back, I have chronic back pain. Um, no, but I mean, you said that you said that your levoscoliosis was worsening in your first statements. So I'm wondering, did it get worse after the surgery or before the surgery? Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, no, um, I have always had severe chronic back pain that I've pushed through and he just, I'm just asking about the scoliosis and the degree of scoliosis. Yeah. Well, at a 45 angle curve, um, and it being levo curving that way, it wore my right hip out, so I had to have right. replacement and give a choice. Right, I understand that. I'm not asking about that. What I'm asking is, um, did the levoscoliosis actually get worse after the surgery? Because you said it was getting worse. No, I would so say did, the same. I would okay, the so same. the curvature hasn't increased. No, the curvature has not increased. They replaced my hips to match the curve in my back. He said, I can't straighten. I can't give you even hips. I have to give you an uneven hip like we are started to work with because your your scoliosis is at like a 48-degree angle. It's that bad. It's, it's severely yes. curved in the L4 and 5. That really is. That really is uh, uh, difficult. Um, I'm not sure that it can be of help, but um, something called muscle activation technique is a very detailed type of physical evaluation, and um, it can actually improve uh, the muscular function around that area. And it's the levoscoliosis is happening because of muscular issues, not because of bony issues per se. The bone turned, like the, the spine turns because you're not actually having appropriate muscular activity in that area. This could be of use, muscle activation technique. You can look that up online. Another thing, you mentioned calcium and osteoporosis. Well, calcium isn't really the treatment for osteoporosis. Protein is and exercise. Um, okay. Protein provides the building blocks for collagen. Type 1 collagen is the matrix of bone that the calcium attaches to to uh, make the bone uh, very firm. Um, the um, um, cartilage, or the, not the cartilage, but the collagen um, provides a resilient springy structure that prevents fracture. And Fosamax and, and the other bisphosphonates and, and Prolia and all the other medications, they don't necessarily increase the matrix per se, um, especially the bisphosphonates, they help just get more calcium in. And so taking more calcium isn't the answer for me. I see that people with osteoporosis need to get at least three-fourths of their body weight in protein grams per day to huh. really get bone strength. So if you weigh 150 pounds, you probably want to be in the range of, or say 160, make it easy, 120 grams of protein to get yourself out of osteoporosis. I'm What's really that? tall and I weigh 130. I weigh 130 and I'm really tall at 5'10", but I'm shrinking with the scoliosis. So, I so you need protein. You need a lot of protein because you're a large, tall lady and you need a lot of protein to support that structure. Okay. So I'm going to start protein um, with, I'm going to start protein not necessarily the vitamin D, calcium, magnesium, NAC. Um, I'm on Those are all important too. Yeah, I'm on a lot of different holistic things, but I really want to find a good functional medical doctor in the Odessa, Florida area. I don't, I guess I'll have check, to just Google. Check ifm.org, instituteforfunctionalmedicine.org. ifm.org, that's really helpful. I do appreciate that. 
do you believe in X39 wave? Um, a girl I had at work a month ago sold me um, a bunch of these patches, stem cell replacement, um, X39 it's called. Uh, yes. Wave. Yeah, the, the, the Life Wave X39. It's a, it's a kind of a homeopathic energetic tool yeah. that can help yeah. you overall um, feel better. But I've not seen any specific clinical data that shows that it heals anything or cures anything. But um, <clears throat> it can augment uh, what you're doing everywhere else. Good. Very good to know because um, it's kind of pricey, but I've invested in these MRI, CT scans, um, you name it, uh, ultrasounds, just to see what's going on, why why I did, you know, have a, a, a displaced fracture in my sacral and a displaced fracture in my pelvic recently. And I think it was just from over houseworking, you know, over cleaning. Oh, that's not good. Doing. Definitely. So yeah, I mean, they, they want to know what the cause of that is. And I'm yeah, I would find a good functional medicine doctor because we actually look at your bone turnover and other things like that, functional uh, metabolic ways, instead yeah. of just the x-rays. Okay, very good. All right, I appreciate your time and your help. Um, I'm going to get into the IFM.org and look into muscle activation. So I do appreciate your time and your effort to help our community. Best wishes. Thank you. Thank you. Have, have a good holiday. Bye-bye. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Stella. And I've got a full board here, so we've been keeping Irene busier and the cat chasing a red dot. Let's go to Michelle. Good morning, Michelle. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Um, I was actually just calling because I heard that you guys were talking about uh, alcohol, and um, I know I had called into your show a couple times previously yes. um, asking questions about alcohol. Uh, I've been a heavy drinker since I was a teenager, and I'm 52 now. A couple months ago, I got my blood work done, and my I think it's the ATL for the liver, the part of the blood test, um, was yes. at 30, which wasn't like super high, but it was in the red. And that was enough to scare the crap out of me. Um, and so uh, I completely stopped drinking. And um, congratulations. Thank you so much. And my cholesterol levels were really high as well. And I was um, at the point where I was having trouble breathing uh, when I laid down at night. So was, um, my, I felt like my body was just constantly trying to fight something, but I didn't know what it was. And after getting that blood work back, I, it was a big eye opener, like I said. Um, and so, uh, you know, obviously have been losing weight and, you know, trying to get my cholesterol under control because, uh, the doctor had said something about cholesterol medicine, but since, you know, I was a little bit in the red for my, my liver test, um, she said probably, you know, hold off on the cholesterol medicine. So I haven't been taking that, but I've been trying to do other things like eating healthier and losing weight and obviously not drinking, um, and exercising more. Uh, is there anything else that, um, you know, that you can recommend to do to help with um, just kind of getting those numbers down? And I just want to also say that since finding out uh, my blood test results, I started doing some research and I was super surprised at how many young people in the, around the age of 30 plus are actually getting, uh, you know, cirrhosis of the liver and things of that nature due to the heavy drinking and stuff. It was, a, it was very shocking to me. It really is shocking. And uh, other things uh, you can do to support the liver, N-acetylcysteine is a really good supplement. Alpha-lipoic acid also is a fat-soluble, uh, liver-friendly um, antioxidant, phosphatidylcholine. Um, so eating egg yolks and liver actually supports your liver. 
um, oh. antioxidants of all kinds, uh, getting good protein because your liver uses protein to process all the toxins, taking a homeopathic remedy like drainage drops uh, that help to tell your body to just eliminate toxins, another good thing, or drain, drainage pellets because you don't want to do alcohol-based drops. You want to do the ones that are sugar pellets because you don't want to trigger again with the alcohol. And finally, to assist you in staying away from it, you might want to explore um, why you had been using it. And I think I see a lot of people with PTSD that self-medicate and maybe exploring um, possibly how you got PTSD if you do have it and working on that core issue. Okay, so um, yolks of the eggs are very good and then also liver and drainage pellets. And what was the first thing that you had said because I was um, trying to write that stuff down? NAC, N-acetylcysteine. If you just go to the health food store and ask for NAC, you'll find it. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome, Michelle. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okie dokie. We're looking at about 10 more minutes left. And as I said, a full board here. I've got Douglas, Christina, uh, Paul, and Susan. So let's get going here. Let's go to uh, Douglas. Good morning, Douglas. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you so much for accepting my call. I have a question welcome. about alcoholism. Yes. Uh, I had quit drinking for about five years. I was uh, a moderate to heavy drinker during my younger years, and all my blood work came back to great. But I have a question. I could drink three or four beers and have a couple of shots while we're doing whatever we do, and I don't even catch a buzz. I get a terrible headache. Mm. It just seems that when I consume the beer uh, and uh, we'll have some wine, and when I'm playing pickleball, we'll have a shot or two, and I don't get uh, intoxicated. I get a violent headache, and I, you know, I, and that's every once in a while I will do that, not intentionally, but I, for some reason I can't get the, the alcohol effect. Not that I'm looking for it, but the guy said you don't feel nothing yet, and actually I don't, other than just a massive headache. Yes, yeah, so it's probably the fact that uh, you can't, your liver cannot metabolize more than about two ounces in a day. And so if you put six ounces or more on board, then your liver is blocked up and it starts to shift. It can't get rid of it completely. So you start making this stuff called acetaldehyde. And acetaldehyde um, is a headache causer. Um, it's it's um, uh, nothing you really want a lot of. And um so when you, um, so, and again, you just gave me the definition of binge drinking, which is actually one of the most common alcohol use disorder issues. So doing, uh, uh, you know, six or more drinks uh, periodically, that's, that's one of the alcohol use disorder issues that will cause liver failure and other problems from al excess alcohol use. Interesting. Well, I, um, I guess um, the stupid question is uh, I enjoy having a cocktail every once in a while with my friends and family. So basically, I just need to completely stop, but I enjoy the taste, if that makes any sense. Well, I'm, I've been enjoying mocktails recently. Um, some really creative bartenders have done a great job with creating tasty, um, uh, not cocktails that um, really actually satisfy my need for something to hold in my hand while socializing. Correct. Okay, well, I think you've uh, 
hit the nail on the head, and I know what direction I need to go. Listen, I've listened to you guys in the past, and I just want to tell you I enjoy uh, your uh, professionalism and the show as well. And once again, I'll hit the tip jar. We appreciate you. Thank you. I always like hearing that, Douglas. Thank you. Appreciate it very much. And let's go to Christina in St. Pete. Good morning, Christina. Good morning, Dr. Harvey. Hi. Um, hi. Uh, so I have a question. You've helped me a lot with my API. Um, I'm coming upon my two-year two anniversary of being diagnosed with API in January, along with microscopic colitis and a non-alcoholic fatty liver. Um, I went 80%. Would you, would you give the, the listeners a definition for your abbreviation? Oh, yes. Uh, microscopic colitis, um, that is a thickening of part of my colon wall. Exactly. Um, Very good. Thank you. Uh, and the EPI stands for exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. So yes. 80% or more of my pancreas is no longer uh, producing digested enzymes necessary for food. And then, of course, the non-alcoholic fatty liver. Um, you know, I was very honest with my GI when all of this was diagnosed about how much I had had drank in terms of alcohol in the past, which, yes. you know, was about a uh, maybe five ounce glass a day at night when I would come home from teaching. Uh, I'd sip on my wine because I was coming home with two to three hours of lesson planning. You know, teaching is a very stressful job. And then on the weekends when I'd go out with friends to an event, I'd have a couple glasses of wine. And she said, based upon what I do, she doesn't believe that uh, my EPI or my non-alcoholic fatty liver was caused by alcohol. Um, additionally, my repeated scans of the, of the pancreas showed no signs whatsoever of atrophy. And I've noticed from some of the research I've done that when you have atrophy of the pancreas, that's when you have many, many years of pain and it's much harder to control than a pancreas that looks good on paper given the EPI diagnosis. Right. Um, I also cut out most of my boxed foods. Everything is very farm to table. I limit my dairy. Gluten is only a treat. If I have a cookie, it's a cassava flour cookie with low coconut sugar. So I, I've, I've gotten so much better, and I feel really great. You're doing great. Well, I will say this. I've had only two drinks, um, two alcoholic drinks in a period of almost two years. One was four ounces of uh, Sicilian digestif Averna, low alcohol. And the other time I had it was 2.5 ounces of red wine. My question for you is, and, and I will say this, both my GI and, and PC, uh, PCP have both told me that it's okay to have an occasional glass of wine, although they didn't define what occasional is. But like I said, I took matters into my own hand and I quit drinking and then had, like I said, one drink about a month ago. And then maybe two weeks ago, I had two and a half ounces of wine. My question is... How did you feel after those drinks? No reaction whatsoever. Okay, good. Uh, my stomach felt great the next day. My energy was fine. Um, the two and a half ounces of, of wine, unfortunately, I felt no euphoria. Um, <laughs> it just, <laughs> you know, it, um, but there was none of, none of the wine buzz. Um, and, you know, I go out with my friends. And like I said, I, the majority of time I drink my non-alcoholic beer while they're uh, drinking four, five, six glasses of, of red wine. <laughs> so um, my question is, do you agree with the doctors that it's okay to have occasional um, occasional drink? And what would we define that as for as someone like me who has these conditions once a month? Um, I know you've talked in the past about not having more than two or three ounces a day. 
I'm never, ever going to go back to having a glass of wine at work each day when I come home. That I'll never drink alone again. I'll never, that's just not part of my, the rest of my history because of these conditions. I know that if I do have a drink, it will only be for a holiday drink with friends or family and very, very, very. So Christina, I think that you can probably get away since you had none, um, no, no symptoms. You're probably okay with it periodically. I mean, you know, once a month, once a quarter, a holiday, a, a, a big event, um, one cocktail's probably not gonna do it. And so I think there's, you've done so many good things with your diet lifestyle that you're actually supporting your liver now. And I think, um, have they ever di- determined what it was it sleep apnea or, or some other toxin that caused your liver disorder? No, they never determined what was the cause. And because I've watched, um, I've watched uh, um, um, gluten cause um, pancreatic insufficiency, and you don't have to have atrophy. You just you, the 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 cells just don't produce as effectively. And so I think you're doing all the right things. You sound like you're really on the right track. Thank you so much, Doctor Harvey. You've helped me a lot with my meal plan, and so I give you a lot of credit for that. So thank you. Have great holidays. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okie dokie. Paul, we've got about a few seconds for you. Let's take it away. <laughs> I can do it fast. Hey, good morning. Um, to make hey. it get to the point, um, I burst blood vessels in my palms of my hands and my, fi- and my fingers often, just, just, just doing common stuff, and it goes away the next, by the next day. What's causing that? Are you getting enough vitamin C in your diet? I was thinking that, yeah, um, not, not especially, but when I take the tablets, um, I feel better, but I don't know if that's helping or not because um, that would be it. Oh, I would, I would do that, and I would remember, get your rainbow. I mean, uh, red bell peppers have oh, vitamin C. Um, you know, stuff, and I'm always eating that. I'm pigging out on vegetables, good. so I'm in the back. All right, but you may need to have a little extra. Okay, vitamin C, you think? Yeah, and if it doesn't get better, I'd say go and get checked. Okay, great. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a great holiday. You too. So um, I have uh, uh, an email here. Um, oh. Vascular necrosis. Oh, this is a bit uh, um, uh, <laughs> a little too, a little too detailed for what we have left here. We're at uh, ten fifty nine. So I just want to thank everybody for participating today. Thank you, Bill, for doing such a great job producing in studio. Irene, I'm so glad you're there answering phones so I don't have to. <laughs> and um, this has been another good show. Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to another AMA next week. I think that that's great. And maybe some of the folks that are on the line, and I apologize to uh, Tracy and to Susan, but um, oh, it's been a very fine show. I want to thank Irene too. She's been working hard today. And before we go to bed here until next week at 10 o'clock thank you dr harvey and thanks to all of our listeners stay healthy you have been listening to the healthy steps radio show with dr fred harvey here on wmnf tampa coming on up is five minutes of npr news and then get ready for the sustainable living show hosted by the crackerjack team of kenny coogan and any ellis so until next monday at 10 a.m thank you for supporting and listening to the healthy steps radio show with dr fred harvey here on wmnf tampa your community conscious radio station stay safe stay thoughtful and know that you are loved